Hi, everybody. I know it's been a while, but I am excited to be back. Welcome to this episode of From the Suggestion Box, Navigating Feedback, the Good, the Bad, and the Say What, where we talk about not letting the good stuff go to your head and the bad stuff go to your heart. I am so excited to have my good friend, Tracy Blue, here joining us today. She is phenomenal. And let me just tell you a little bit about our girl, Tracy. She's a community relations management professional with a passion for working within the Central Florida community and 20 plus years of experience in the fields of community relations, public relations, training, coaching, and management. So she is coming with a lot of knowledge and I'm so thrilled that she's here. She spent her career serving in the fields of corporate sports management. I'm all about the sports government, and nonprofit management. She also serves on several nonprofit boards of directors in the Central Florida community, including Orlando um, and Orange County Compact, Athlete Connections, Paramore Community Engagement Council, and OCPS ACE School Community Leadership Council. Ms. Blue currently serves as the Director of Strategic Community Initiatives for HOUSED, the Central Florida Regional Housing Trust. She manages community outreach programs in Central Florida, including food delivery programs, teen summits, COVID testing, financial literacy, emergency rental assistance application navigation, and much, much more. She's earned her CVA, ooh, ooh, her certification in volunteer administration, which serves as evidence of experience and leadership in the field of volunteer management. Yes, it does. Thank you very much. She is also a certified practitioner of Myers-Briggs Type Indicator, MBTI, in order to facilitate the MBTI as a resource for individuals, groups, and organizations. Tracy, welcome. I am so glad you are here. Thank you so much for inviting me. I'm really excited to participate. So Tracy and I met, um, she was one of the beautiful things that came out of COVID for me. We met at, um, I think we were in like a, 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 a webinar, a session, we exchanged information, we learned from each other. Um, and then about a year later, I ended up moving to Orlando and I was like, listen, I'm in Orlando. I want to meet somebody in person. And we got together for lunch and- the rest is history. Right. Um, not only have I learned what an amazing and awesome person you are, but the wealth of knowledge that you were sharing at lunch, I was like, listen, can you please come on the podcast and share this information? So I'm just going to go ahead and dig in and get started if you're okay. I am okay. I'm happy to be here and share everything I can. <laughs> okay. So one of the things that we were talking about, um, was during COVID, a lot of nonprofit organizations um, got rid of their volunteer programs, um, their staff that manage volunteer programs. So volunteer engagement managers, a lot of um, a lot of people either lost their jobs or they were furloughed and then lost their jobs and didn't have the opportunity to come back. And one of the things that we kept hearing was that, you know, in terms of we have to cut costs and the volunteer program doesn't bring in money. And when Tracy and I were talking about that, we were like, oh, but wait a minute. What do you mean volunteer programs don't bring in money? They absolutely do. So according, I mean, um, what's it? Uh, contrary to popular belief, there is a way for you to be able to set your volunteer program up in such a way that it is a source of income for your organization. And a lot of people don't know about that. And Tracy has had a lot of experience in doing this. So that is why I thought it was so important for us to come on and talk about this in terms of helping you to make your volunteer program viable and indispensable so that should something come down the line like that, and that's the first thing that they want to bring up on the chopping block, you have grounds to stand on. So I'm going to stop talking and I'm going to turn it over to Tracy. Tracy, share your knowledge. All right. Well, the first thing um, we talked about 
me having some issues with our resource development department at one of the organizations I worked with because we were providing volunteer opportunities for their donors. And so they wanted to be involved in every decision. And before we contacted any of their donors, we needed to get you know their approval and that sort of thing. And as I tried to educate them, they're not your donors, they're our donors. They belong to the whole organization and we provide an opportunity for engagement. So what happens in a lot of nonprofits is the, the resource development people or the fundraising people, they come around once a year to say, hey, give us your money, help support all the work we're doing. And the people and the organizations may not hear from them again until next year when they come back and say, hey, give us your money, help us do what we're trying to do. The volunteer program provides an opportunity to actually keep those donors engaged throughout the year. So they're not only seeing you when you come with your handout, looking for resources from them. And it gives them an opportunity to get more engaged in the work that you're doing because they get to see it firsthand. Unlike, you know, you bring the dog and pony show to a staff meeting and say, here's a client who benefited from our services. Aren't they wonderful? Don't you want to give us all your money now? That's fine. And that's helpful in some ways, but being able to actually get engaged hands-on with the work takes it to a whole other level. So that's argument number one. We give you an opportunity. We give the organization an opportunity to get the donors engaged on a regular basis, You know, whether it's monthly or quarterly or even once or twice a year, but for them to actually get engaged in the work and to see your organization other than when it's time for money. So that's point number one. Point number two, um, I was able to actually generate a little over a million dollars for I, my department was able to donate, uh, generate a little over a million dollars um, in funds and in-kind donations for our organization. How did we do that, you say? Yes. How did you do that? <laughs> we, um, because we are in sunny Florida, <laughs> and, you see me on the beach, um, and we're a big tourist destination, we're also a big convention destination um, and, and meetings. So we have a lot of conventions and even some smaller meetings that come in town and they want to do something. They want to give back. They want to do some sort of corporate social responsibility project while they're here. Um, and so we basically created a business line whereby we're able to provide that corporate social responsibility project to those conventions and conferences that came in town. And after we did it a few times, we actually came up with an SOP um, and a list of projects that they could choose from. And we did everything from packing school supplies and backpacks to creating snack packs for after school programs. We did um, um, like arts and crafts projects that um, can be used in the preschools and the younger grades, something else I'm forgetting, but they were all basically packing events. And so <clears throat> the company, you know, I don't know, Duke Energy, let's say, was they're coming in town for a convention. This, this requires um, advanced planning, usually at least two to three months is ideal. And so they give you the date and the location where their conference is gonna be. This is the time we have allotted for this during our conference schedule. Um, and so then my question is how much money do you have? Because you have to buy, the, the company has to buy the products that we're going to pack. Bottom line, if they do nothing else, they have to buy the products that we're gonna pack. And then I got smart because the first time we did it, um, we didn't plan in all the expenses because we had to rent a U-Haul to be able to haul everything back um, to be distributed. And we had to buy boxes and tape and 
box cutters and things like that. So we had to eat that expense the first time we did it, which is why I said after a couple of times, we created this standard operating procedure to make sure that we had everything covered. Um, <clears throat> and so we built all those costs in to the client. So they, we, once we figured out what kind of project we wanted to do, we talked about all the um, pieces that needed to be included in the project and then all the um, equipment and resources we were gonna need, truck, boxes, scissors, tape, markers, name tags, you know, whatever we needed to pull the project off. We included that in the cost. Um, usually there was no venue fee because they already built that into their conference fees. Right, right. Um, trying to think of anything else that might be included in um, the project, we included in the cost and we broke it down for them so they knew everything that was included. And on top of that, we always, I can't think of one project where we didn't get an additional donation. So they, we would pack all these items and then we would keep those items for our community to then distribute to our, um, either the people that we work directly with or the partners that we work with. And then they made an additional donation to our organization on top of that. And I think the smallest donation we got was $10,000. Um, many of the organizations doubled whatever they spent on the products. They gave us that in a cash donation as well. So one project, I think we got 35000 um, wait a so minute. I, okay, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. I've, I've been trying to like hold it in, but I can't. I can't. Wait a minute. So you're telling me mm -hmm. that not only do organizations come to you to say, hey, we want to do something for your organization, we will buy all the materials, use all of our resources and give you a donation on top of it. Right. And their staff are doing all the doing the work, the packing, like we're doing all the administrative and setup and everything. So they come in and do all the work. They pack all the kits. Okay. Okay. All right, all right. You get all the stuff. So, all right. So this is like golden, right? Like, I mean, I like speechless. So yeah. with this being so amazing, why do you think more nonprofit volunteer programs are not doing this? I don't know. That's a good question. I think, you know, in a lot of ways, they haven't thought about it. I think one of the hesitations is, and we were a little hesitant on this in the beginning is, they don't want to ask people to pay for stuff. Yeah. But that's the only way it can happen because we don't have excess money lying around to buy thousands of school supplies you know right it's not a thing what and is, so oh go ahead sorry they want to be engaged this is the kind of project because when you especially with a conference or a convention mm -hmm. they can't go somewhere like they don't have time to get everybody on a bus and go to the food pantry and pack boxes you right. have to bring it to them because they have a limited amount of time which i think is how this all started because we got an organization and we said, oh yeah, we can take you here, there. And they were like, no, 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 we don't have time for all that. Oh. Um, we need you to bring something to us. What can you do? And we were like, oh, we can pack some stuff where you are. You know, we just have to get it all, you know, order it all and get it all there. So I think people are hesitant to ask companies to spend money to do volunteer stuff, but that's the only way it's gonna happen. And it's a twofer because not only as I said, you get that donation for your organization, but you get all the things that come out of it. So, you know, we've been able to distribute thousands of backpacks full of school supplies and um, snack packs for kids and the most adorable little arts and crafts projects. Like we put googly eyes and a tongue depressor and the little yeah. things in a pack and the kid, one of them, I think, was to take home for parents to do a project with their kids. Um, and so 
the people are having fun. They're busy. Like we have a whole assembly line. Some of them have been huge and have taken up an entire ballroom. Um, I think at one point, I'm trying to remember what organization it was. It's escaping me. Um, we had 21 stations. Wow. In this huge ballroom. And we had around 50 people per station. Wow. Going around to do this um, assembly line packing. And then it gets competitive because people, they start with one. And then they're like, no, I'm going to do two at a time. Yeah, and then yeah. See somebody else doing three, and they're like, "I'm gonna do five, <laughs> and that makes the project go faster, for um, sure." And sometimes, you know, we make it into a competition. We did. Um, Coach was here, and we had we made it a competition. So whoever finished their their assembly line first, then got to decorate a um, a poster, and you know the the. The team that finished first was so adorable. They finished, they did their poster, and then they did like a human pyramid to be like, oh, we're done, we're finished before everybody. And we always have music. Like we make sure there's upbeat music in the room that's getting people excited. People are walking around singing and it's making them move faster. Um, and it's just a good time for everybody. It is a lot of work, which may be the other reason that organizations haven't done it. Um, because it takes a lot of upfront work with ordering all the projects. I actually had to do algebra. Whoa, oh, you just lost Sorry. me at algebra. Sorry. <laughs> the, only good, the only redeeming quality in that is I was not thinking about the fact that it was algebra until after <laughs> I had done it a few times. Because <laughs> I had okay. to figure out. It was like algebra on the sly, algebra on the right. DL, like, okay, okay. I had to figure out what size truck we needed based on the number of boxes we needed based on the amount of products we were going to do and figure out what size boxes and how many we could get in the truck and all that. Once I got the formula down, it was easy to figure out from that point. Um, and then, you know, we got to order the truck. We got to pick up the truck. Somebody has to drive the truck. I think I have driven every vehicle just short of needing a CDL. <laughs> I think if I went up one more size, I would have needed a CDL. Cause I've driven a 27, 27 foot box truck. Um, I may have taken out a stop sign, but you know, just once, only one in all the projects we did. <laughs> um, so there's a lot of pieces and parts and like it takes, several hours potentially at least a couple hours to set up yeah. in the beginning um, and working very closely with the hotel staff or the conference staff or wherever you're doing it wherever the project is happening <clears throat> so we had to do several walkthroughs and make sure we had the right contacts um, the right number of tables do we need tablecloths you know how many stations do we need how many people are going to fit in this room right and all that and then you got to have an efficient process for getting out of there right um, right we have some where they're like okay that was great now you need to go because we have something else in this room and we're like right oh. right right because that time thing yes because I've been at um conferences where they were and they're that's exactly they would announce it and they're like in this room there's this project that we're doing because we partnered with this organization and you know and depending on how many people like I know I um I dilly dallied a little bit because I was talking to somebody I was like okay well I'm gonna go join and by the time I even got in the room project was done people had were they were right. done they wrapped it up and mm -hmm. I was like oh well maybe next year <laughs> like yeah. but not, and the amount that they got done in that short amount of time because there were so many people who were there and it was able to, and they were able to um, come together in that short amount of time. Like you said, they didn't have to leave. It all, it all worked out very, very well. It was definitely yeah. a win, win, win. So I have a couple of questions for you. As okay. you were setting all of this up, um, like what, how many people on your staff were helping to organize? Like, did you have a staff of like five to six people organizing all of this? Like how many people did you have helping? I had three people on my team, including me. Okay. Um, and usually one, we had one person that was the lead on each project. And so they really did 
most of the work. Whoever was the lead did, you know, set up the walkthrough. We would all participate in the walkthrough um, so that we're all on the same page and we can all ask questions and whatnot. But they set up the walkthroughs, ordered the trucks, ordered the supplies, ordered the boxes. So, uh, you know, it, it doesn't take a big team mm -hmm. to, to organize it. It may take a larger team on the day of. So we usually pulled in um, some other volunteers, either other staff people within our organization or other volunteers that we work with on a regular basis mm -hmm. to come in and serve as the staff for that the day. event. Okay. Because, like I said, there's a lot of setup involved. Right. Um, we want to make sure that each um, station or group of people has somebody that they can ask questions because invariably they're like, am I supposed to put this in first or that in first? Right. How many of these do I put in? What? You know, right. I have a, I have a, a nightmare story. I will tell you. Okay. That point. Some, some things not to do. Oh, okay. Mm -hmm. Okay. But we learned a lot. I, you know, there was a lot of growth from the first project we did to the last one. Um, oh, I'm sure. It was great. You know, we got to the point where you've done it a few times and right. you just know, because like muscle memory. Flows. But we we literally sat down and put a whole procedure together and tried to think of everything that needed to be done and not to be done. Yeah. So that when we left, the people behind us could could do it successfully. I love um, it. And so that you know, we had a guidebook. Yes. Everyone is slightly different. You're dealing with different venues and different resources and different agencies. Some are more participative than others. Mm -hmm. and so. See, succession planning spoken like a true volunteer engagement manager, CVA. Yes. Thank yeah. you very much. I'm all about um, setting people up for success. Yes. Yes. So, and I'm glad that you brought up that point of because I'm looking at barriers, right, of these are the things that people might be afraid of that you don't have to be afraid of. Number one, mm -hmm. I like that because it was even something that I and I'm I'm still getting used to and getting comfortable with the idea of asking businesses for money because it's like, oh, you don't want to ask. But then I learned from a fellow colleague, they were like, girl, they have budgets and they have to get rid of money and they're looking to spend that money. And that was a whole Absolutely. new lens. I, don't know, I was like, oh, you mean you have this budget item that you have to get rid of by the end of the year. So you want to spend the money that you're okay. helping them out by asking them for money. Yes. So that is huge. Um, the staff that you had helping, like not necessarily day of, but just putting the whole together, were they paid staff or were they volunteers just out of curiosity? Paid staff. Okay. Had, um, so in that particular organization, I was the director and I had a corporate volunteer manager and a community volunteer manager. Okay. 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 Well, and the good thing is, you know, as people are thinking about this and they want to partner with their fundraising development teams, um, however it's called in their organization, mm -hmm. it could be something that they partner together because it's going yep. to, be, it's going to benefit the organization in both coming from both capacities yeah. so um you know and and the reason why I bring that up because a lot of people listening they're like oh but I'm only a staff of one and I can't do it but but you don't have to especially if you show the benefit and look if you're bringing in a million dollars somebody on that staff is going to find some time to help you bring that money in right absolutely and those the the resource development people were the first people we went to um for that day of support um and so that they can be there again, this is giving them another opportunity to engage with their clients and to show their face at a time that's not just when I'm coming to look for money. Right. Um, and so they eventually got it. Yeah. <laughs> um, so we made sure um, and we we kept the account manager for whatever organization we were working with if mm. they were one of our accounts. Because okay. they weren't always accounts of ours. Um, but if they were an account of ours, we kept that resource development person in the loop um, just so they knew what was going on. And so they'd be ready when we said, okay, this is the day we need you. Nice. Now, did you, do you count 
their volunteer hours. So like if, a, if somebody comes in and they're doing that, oh, so I'm absolutely, yes, absolutely. We counted every one of them. And most of the, I think the smallest group project we did like that was 30 people, but we had hundreds. Like I think the coach project was 700 people. Wow. Um, the, I want to say it was Wells Fargo Women's Leadership Group. That was the 21 stations. That was like 1,200, 1,500 people, something just ridiculous. Um, so we had, you know, smallish groups to thousands. Right. That's, oh, yes, yes. With, just I mean, the, wow. Yeah. With, measure that impact too, to say not only were we doing this, but this is how we were able to reach the community by even going into the community as well. Um Wow. No, that's really, that's, that's really, 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 really good. Um, okay. So I love this idea and I'm thinking back in one of the organizations that I was with, what, um, it was something that I was kind of trying to start piloting, um, and bringing that idea. Um, any suggestions, you kind of already gave one or two, but any suggestions on how to approach the resource de development team? Because often I felt like I felt like when I was trying to talk to these people about even just letting them know that there are volunteer opportunities, because I had come across the knowledge as well that a lot that and a lot of people don't know this but like especially with corporate volunteering if a group will come out and volunteer at your organization that uh sometimes the company will also donate money so for every person that came right. and volunteered they will donate it's either um an amount per head of person who came or the amount of hours that they were there they will um donate the equivalent and money. So when I figured this out, I was like, oh, let me talk to our development team to be like, hey, you know, when you're pitching, um, can you add in a fact that there's an opportunity for this because we might be able to get those dollars. And it was kind of like, I don't have to, if they're not bringing in money, I'm not trying to offer them something to do for free. And I was like, but oh. <laughs> like, so how right. do you, how do you, what what advice would you give to somebody who who has who has to come against that? Um, my first advice is deep breath. Yeah, <laughs> I've been there and done that. Yeah. Um, but what you said is very germane to the point. Like you're you're thinking tangible benefits. Okay, here's a tangible benefit. They may have a matching gift program at their organization that matches their volunteer hours. Number one, because we Disney does that, and we have a few other organizations here locally that do that. So we had some regular volunteers that volunteered because we did a project, um, one fairly large project each month, and then we had you know all these other projects that that came based on the conventions, the conferences, whatever. Um, and so we had people that volunteer at, at every project. And so if you've got five people that volunteer, let's say even a small project, two hours at a time every month. So that's two hours, 12 months, 24 hours times five. I'm not going to do that math. But <laughs> I was about to that. <laughs> Look, I told you I did algebra and I was not happy about it. I'm not trying to do basic arithmetic either yeah. on the form. <laughs> but um, multiply that and let's say they um, donate $10. Let me do the math so I can give you some real numbers. So 24 hours times five people, that's 120 hours. If they donate $10 per hour, that's $1,200 just from five people doing two hours a month. Yeah. It's not nothing. Right. Uh, right. Not to mention the fact that you are deepening that relationship, relationship with that donor. 
So they're not just giving one time and then you never see them again, because what the resource development people should understand is the value of um, the dollar value invested in developing those relationships, because it costs a lot less to maintain relationships than it does to create new ones. Yeah. So they should understand that dollar value. And so if you can help engage and keep those volunteers engaged on a regular basis. So, you know, that year they donated, they were able to get $1,200 matched. They had such a great time next year. They're going to do three hours a month and it's going to increase that match. And they're going to keep coming back versus they did one project, never heard from you again. And now you've lost their volunteer hours. You've lost their matching time and you've lost their donation because they weren't engaged right so you you know you you can break it down to them that way and help them understand the value of that engagement forget about this you know these projects that bring bring in tens of thousands of dollars just the one person at a time the value of them being engaged versus only seeing you at workplace campaign time yes or giving tuesday or whatever Right, right, right. That is huge. Yeah. Um, and, you know, it, it gives them, so a lot of corporations have their philanthropic goals or their corporate social responsibility goals. And so mm-hmm. this organization might be all about hunger. This organization might be all about education. We developed a program for banks because they had to get CRA hours. So they were doing, you know, just regular volunteer stuff. We have an organization, or we had an organization where they could go, people could go cuddle babies. And that was like one of our favorite volunteer opportunities for people. So the bank people, when, when the stuff started coming down and the CRA became super important for them, they said, listen, as much as we love cuddling babies, we don't get any credit for that. Mm. We need to do something that's specific to financial literacy. Mm-hmm. So we said, okay, we have an idea for you. And we created a whole project based on them being able to deliver financial literacy to middle and high school students. Um, it's really fun. I'll tell you really quickly because I based it on a Cosby show episode. When Theo wanted to move out and, and Cliff was the mayor and the maintenance man and the yes. landlord and all those different roles. Yes. And so he kept having to pay out money for all these things and he was broke at the end of it. Yeah. So the exercise was pretty much like that. We gave the kids a, um, a list when they came in of jobs with no other information, just the name of the job and told them they needed to pick a job. Once they picked a job, then they went to another station where they were told how much that job made. Because we didn't want to include the salary information because they would all pick the high salary job. Right. We wanted them to pick something that they would actually be interested in. Then they went to another station where they learned their family status. So to make it random, they had to roll a die and so whatever it landed on that determined whether you were married or not and whether you had kids or not, which those things did not always correlate because as we know, they don't always correlate in real in life. life. Um, and then how many kids they had. And then there were 10 stations they had to go around to like transportation. So they had to pick whether they were gonna take a bus, whether they were gonna buy a sedan or a luxury car. They had to pick housing. So if they were gonna, stay with their parents if they were going to rent a rent a um rent a place or buy a home um they picked entertainment so they had choices like we could go have a picnic in the park or we could go to the movies every month or we can go on trips you know so we made sure there were different levels at each station and they had to go through all the 10 stations and they had to they had their budget how much money they made and I think we took taxes off the top oh you know that hurt so but that that's part of the reality of it um and actually the exercise was called reality store oh Um, there you go they got their salary we told them okay this is how much you have to pay in taxes and we gave them an opportunity to donate to charity 
And then once they went through all their stations, we had a social services station. So if they found that they were out of money or they were in the negative, the social services people would help them try to fix that, fill that gap, whatever the case may be. And it was really cool. And it was, the kids loved it. It opened their eyes to a lot of things. We always did a debrief and say, and said, what did you learn from this? And they were like, um, I, the almost every time we got the answer that I don't want to have kids, kids are too. <laughs> and so my response to that was, you need to go home and thank your parents tonight for everything. I want you to think about that the next time you ask them for something and they say no, and you start whining and complaining, well, why can't I have it? Why don't you just work more hours? You know, where, where'd all the money go? So go home and thank your parents as <laughs> they walk in the door. Um, and the, the banking people loved it because it was fun for them. They got to interact with the kids and they got credit for those volunteer hours. Yeah. So that's another selling point. That was a, a very long way for me to say. That's another selling point for the resource development people that this is an opportunity for you to help your clients meet their goals. Yeah. So it's not just fun and games. We can help them meet their goals. For sure. So I know one of the things we started doing at my old organization um, is identifying those companies whose goals lined up. And a great place to start is with your resource development people, with with fundraising, with development, because they are already going after people who they know um tend to give dollars to that type of organization already. They already, so you don't even have to do that extra research. You can go and sit and talk to them, see what types of things they are looking for and see if it is something that can be created. Um, right. And just that, that point, I'm sorry to interrupt you, but yeah. just your point of, that's another thing we're giving them an opportunity to have something to talk about. Mm. you resource development person can sit in front of your client and just listen mm. let them tell you what they want that helps you with that relationship with them that helps you be more effective with them and that makes them feel differently about you mm. so that when you come and ask for money they're like okay they were here before but they asked me what I wanted to do what how, how they can help me I'm much more willing to give them stuff, resources, because I know this is not a one-sided right. relationship. Right. And the beautiful part about that is, as like you said, is we're offering that opportunity for people to engage, even if they engage for the first time with the company and the company has a great experience and the company keeps coming back. There's opportunities for those people to become one-off volunteers on their own. So mm -hmm. should in case they leave the company, they are still volunteering with you. Right. And studies go to show that very, very often where people volunteer, they also donate their money because after they see how impactful the organization is, they want to also donate their money to have a greater impact. So it's just like win after win after win, right. after win after win. After and they'll win. bring people with them to volunteer. Yeah. If it's something exactly. they're excited about and passionate about. Yep. One of my funniest situations I went to, so there was an organization um, that started here called A Gift for Teaching. It's a free store for teachers um, because teachers spend a lot of their own money buying schools. Yeah. So when that, when that um, organization opened, the company that I was with was part of the, you know, funding to open the organization. So I started volunteering with them. Loved it. Loved volunteering myself. Then I started bringing groups. And then eventually I went to work for that organization as a volunteer manager. And on my first day, I opened up the drawer and there's a file with my name on it <laughs> in the drawer from my volunteer service that I had been doing for, you know, years with this organization. And since I left, I've still gone back um, to volunteer with that organization. So you love it. create that loyalty and that passion yep. for your organization through all these things. Yep. And ideally, that should be what resource development is about, not just the money. Right. But you want to keep the, the money coming 
And in yeah. order to do that, you need to have a relationship and you need to build some loyalty um, to your organization and to the cause. Love it. Okay, so I'm going to take a little bit of a turn. Um, I want to talk about another way to help make your um, volunteer program viable. And I think this was the the caveat for us needing, I don't even know if I use that word correctly, but it was definitely the the igniter. There's something, I don't know. It played a part, it played a role. Um, were you a, a volunteer Florida grant recipient? I was not, but that may have been the topic of the um, session that you attended for the Florida Association of Volunteer Resource Managers. Yes, that's um, what it was. Okay. Yeah, I have never been a recipient of that grant because the, just the, the way the grant was, we didn't have the, like our programs weren't right for that. For that, right. But, we we definitely worked with Volunteer Florida on getting some people to apply for it. Mm -hmm. The word out. Okay, so, so that's a great opportunity. It is, and I can speak to that part of seeking grants, um, getting grant funding for your organization for your volunteer program as a way to bring in money. Um, and depending on, you know, who's looking at it and how much it is, people might say, oh, you know, it was just a little bit of money. But I think in the the time that I was at my last organization, we're talking about math again. I'm not even going to add it up. I'll let you do the math. I think the first year we were awarded, um, it was either like 10,000, then 15,000, then 20 or 5, 10, then 15, but I feel like it was 10, 15, 20. So over the course of three years, I was able to bring in that chunk of money for the organization through the volunteer program. I mean, and you know, it may not be a million dollars that's coming in, but it was money coming in from a program that people were not expecting money to be coming in from that it was like, oh, right, that's another resource where we can tap into to get money into the organization. So thinking of grants and um, a lot of people, like if you're listening to this and especially if you're in, this, in the United States, every state commission has this money that they're able to give away. So if you go and research state commissions, see if you have one that is active in your state and then research that information in terms of maybe you qualify for the grant. I know in Florida, um, they usually do it right around the summertime. So um, I know that's January and it's a little early, but I'm telling you now so that you can start your research now to get ready to see if you can find that application and work with your people in development and your um, resource development people with fundraising, whatever your department is, start talking to them now as like, hey, this might be an opportunity to right. bring people in and, you know, brainstorm, like think outside the box. That's what, you know, as volunteer um, engagement managers, community relations people, that's what we do. We think outside of the box because Absolutely. that is the perfect opportunity to bring in resources financially, um, not only financial resources, but people resources and just um, all sorts of different ways to bring things in and what that does is it sends a message to the organization that you are not dispensable that not only are you doing everything that you can in terms of recruiting volunteers and training them up and helping them to have impact but you're also um, an, a budget line a source of income for the organization that they were not thinking of before. And if you continue to think this way and think outside of the box, it's going to be like, oh, okay, well, in these times or whatever the issue is, we need people who are going to be creative, who come up with ideas. So it may not even necessarily be for something for your department, but because you've shown and have um, displayed that you can think outside of the box, bigger picture and help not only just your department, but several others, 
that mm-hmm. could get you invited to the table for many, many other things. It could put people, put your, put you on the radar for promotions and other things like that, because they're seeing that it's not just about you. It's not just about your department, but you're doing things that people never thought or expected. And you're collaborating with other departments within the organization. All those things that, um, that, um, that it, are great examples of what a great leader is in an organization. Yeah. Um, what I was just thinking as you were talking about thinking outside the box, I know I said we were, we've been able to do all these events because we're in Orlando and we have all these conventions and obviously not everybody has that opportunity, but you can do it even just with corporations in your area because some of them we did um, one of them has an annual Christmas party and they wanted to add an element of giving back to their Christmas party. So we took a project to their office that we did while they were having a Christmas party. Like there's a um, hot chocolate station over there where they can put all kinds of stuff in. There was like a photo booth and they can take cute little pictures with Santa hats and whatever. And then in the middle of the room was this volunteer project that we were doing um, while they're already doing something fun. We had another organization that wanted to do volunteer project, but because of the way they they work, they could not get people out of the office for enough time, you know, to get on a bus, get somewhere, get back, Mm -hmm. or just give people four hours off in the middle of the day. So we set up in their lobby um, and did it during lunchtime. So people could come down during lunch do kind of a drive-by and participate in the volunteer project in their own space. Right, right. Uh, So you don't have to have conventions with thousands of people coming to your area. You can do it with the people that you work with. And you might engage some companies who never have volunteered before because they couldn't get out and go somewhere. And if you're able to bring the project to them, now, again, you're meeting a need that they have. Right. So have you ever been in a situation where you're like, hey, this is something that I want to do. And the feedback that you got was, this is ridiculous. And no, we're not going to waste our time on it. And can we just like, just put it aside? We don't even want to like deal with this. Has that ever happened? And if so, how did you overcome it? Um... I don't know. I think initially, as I said, we got some pushback from our own people inside our development people because they were like, no, you can't ask them for money. We're the only right. people that ask for money. I'm like, okay, we're not asking for the same thing. And let me tell you how this is going to work. Right. <laughs> I talking through my teeth. Um But I think it's really just a matter of, like you said earlier, overcoming objections um, and really thinking through prior to making the pitch, thinking through, you know, what some of the objections could be and how you can address those. Um, I don't think, you know, I don't recall any ever having a situation where somebody said just absolutely not. That's ridiculous. We're not going to do that. Okay. Because you know, I I would go into, well, here's all the reasons why this is a good idea. And I love that. If that were to happen, let me, I want you to see the whole picture before you make a decision. Yeah. Yeah. Right now you're not looking at everything. So let me at least lay it all out for you. And then you can make an educated decision as opposed to a, you know, snap judgment emotional no this doesn't make sense to me right so I think it's a bad idea so I like to tell people like eight mile them meaning so like if it's one of my favorite movies of all time um where well I can't tell what happens at the end if you've seen it you know what I'm talking about but essentially everything that they could throw at you as to why it wouldn't work have that list of whatever every last one of those obstacles are and already come with a solution be like yes i know this doesn't it it may not work because of this it may not work because of this it may not like take all of that away from them from the opportunity and have the answer for it so by the Mm -hmm. time you're done they 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 have nothing to come at you with because you've already addressed all of it 
Exactly. Yeah. I agree. That's the strategy because this is going to be a sales pitch in some ways to some people, both internally and externally. Yeah. And it may not work for everyone, but you, you know, you got to figure out who it will work for. And I think the other thing too is once you have some success under your belt and you're able to say, this is what we did for these people. This is what we did for these people. This is what we did, you know, then it legitimizes you and your project mm-hmm. more. It mm-hmm. might also um, spark some competitive juices. Mm-hmm. Say, you know, if I were to do a project with Disney and then say to Universal, um, you know, Disney did it. <laughs> they did it. Right. We're going to do it. Right. Right. I'm not above that. I love it. I love it. I love it. I love it. We've done some things with UPS and FedEx and been like, you're going to let them one up you? I'm just saying. Just saying. I love it. up to you, but I wouldn't. (laughs) Hey, look, just know how to play the game. I like, don't get mad at it. I love it. Right. I love it. Okay. So when, um, before I switched and just asked some questions about you and your journey in general, um, are there any other tips or ideas in terms of how to make a volunteer program uh, viable and indispensable um, financially? Any other ideas? Because we have the corporate social response responsibility and also grants. Are there anything and is there anything else out there that maybe we didn't touch on? Um, one thing that I will add is look in your area and see if there's a volunteer management group. Mm-hmm. Um, because that's a great opportunity for you to learn from other organizations what kinds of things they're doing to get ideas to share ideas with each other to mentor each other to frankly vent with each other if you need to um to share resources excuse me that you know of i've been involved in both corporate volunteer groups and um nonprofit volunteer groups So the corporate side was the volunteer managers that send the employees out and the nonprofit was the ones bringing the volunteers in. Um, There are also statewide organizations in Florida. We have the Florida Association of Volunteer Resource Management. Um, There's some other organizations. I think those are good to be able to surround yourself with like-minded people because usually there aren't a lot of volunteer management professionals per organization very often probably more often than not it's just one yeah um, and so if you have other people to use as a sounding board they may be having some of the same challenges you're having or may have you know found a way over that particular hump that can help you you may have some things that can help other people um, so I definitely encourage people to find organizations in your area that exist like that and if they don't start one. start one because we had one that went away and then I started it again yes so we could keep um that engagement and those relationships going I agree one thousand percent one thousand percent and actually that is because of a group like that that's how Tracy and I connected it was through Absolutely. something like that and then we've mm-hmm. stayed connected and it's just been it's just been bliss ever since. Um, but yeah, there's your local Dovias and um, just all different types of places. So I, and oh, I'm a huge believer. If it's not there, start it because I guarantee you somebody else is going to be like, oh my goodness, somebody else who knows exactly what I'm talking about. Thank you so much for doing this. I've had to start three or four of them myself. And it's and ev- not one time was anybody like, oh, this was a waste. It was like, oh, somebody else who gets me right. in my particular industry. And right. in, like either it's the West Coast or the East, you know, whatever. It, there's never been a time where it was ever a bad idea. So I, I agree a thousand percent on that. Awesome. I want to say 
one of the lessons that we learned, I mentioned a nightmare story. Oh, yes, yes. Um, was do not try to do a volunteer project during a happy hour, um, especially if it's a packing event. <laughs> oh, 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 I can only imagine. Literally walking up to the table with a beer and a glass of wine like, let me put this down so I can stuff this stuff in here. And so we said, like, we have signs at each station and we have people there saying, please only put one of these, you know, or whatever it is, one of each item. Girl, at the end of the night, we were like, why is this one so light? And this one is so heavy. What the heck? We like, there's five erasers in this one. There's 12 rulers in this one. Like, okay. Especially the the further along we got into happy hour, <laughs> like, we don't follow no stinking rules. I've had six beers. I'm gonna put whatever I want in here. So oh. we were like, "Yep, no more happy hour packing events. Not gonna do it." And oh anybody that brought it up, we're like, "Is there another time during <laughs> the day?" Because we've tried that and it didn't work. So, oh, you know, if it's something that involves following rules, maybe stay away from happy hour. Just saying. Duly noted. Duly yeah. noted. Mm -hmm. So that was that was fun. And then we ended up with this huge. This was also ridiculous. And I'm trying to remember how it happened. I think I've blocked it out of my mind. <laughs> because it really was like it started with a happy hour and then ended with this huge ridiculous pile of backpacks in the middle of the room because ideally what we would have done is as they pack them put them in boxes close up the boxes right it's on the truck they wanted a visual they wanted people to be able to see look at all the work we've done so they packed these backpacks and literally like threw them there's this round stage in the middle of the room just threw them on a pile We've got a pile that's like seven feet tall of backpacks. <clears throat> and remember I said that we, our staff and volunteers, set everything up and load everything out. Oh, so We had to come back the next day <gasps> because we could not get all those backpacks put in the boxes and loaded in the truck <laughs> before midnight. Like it was, it was ridiculous. So we literally had to come back the next day to finish loading. So we we're like, yeah, we're not going to do the photo op of all the stuff. Yeah. You know, we'll take lots of pictures in the between. We can take pictures of boxes, whatever you want, but we're not doing that again that. because that was ridiculous and a nightmare. And everybody was like, nobody was in a, a good, happy, you know, benevolent mood by the end of, it, <laughs> by the end of that and then when oh. I had to tell them um we have to come back tomorrow morning and first thing tomorrow morning because they need this room oh yeah. it, it wasn't cute so those are some of the lessons learned um so make sure you know as you're doing these things write down how the process works write down the lessons learned of things not to do um, you'll find some things along the way that work better, that make life easier for you, um, because there are a lot of steps. It is, you know, work, but it's worth it in the end. We were always exhausted, but like in a good way when yeah. the night was over um, or the day, whatever, because we've done them, you know, first thing in the morning, you know, at the end of the day, whatever. Um, <clears throat> but I think that is a market that people are missing. Um, yes. That would definitely be a revenue generator, whether it's, you know, a few thousand dollars and the um, the items in kind. Um, right. Because... several thousand dollars because that multiplies the value of the event because not only are you getting right. the funds, not only are they getting a volunteer opportunity, but now you have all these things to distribute within your organization right and that and that in kind you count that as as dollar yeah absolutely so it's like they buy it but you also get to 
count it as in-kind because they donated it after they bought it. So then you're going to distribute it. Yeah. That multiplies the effect for your organization because now you have resources to provide to your clients that you wouldn't have had otherwise. Right. So think about, you know, what it is that you do if you're a food related organization, you may not have been able to provide, you know, um, like the weekend backpacks for students um, who need food over the weekend or snack packs for kids for after school or something like that, that you wouldn't be able to provide with your own resources, mm-hmm. both financial and manpower, but you can, ha- you can have an organization help you. With right. That. Um, if you're an after school program and you need school supplies, you can have these organizations create those things for you to help meet the needs of your client. And now you're adding more value to your organization that right. you didn't have before. Right. Not only financial, but to your clients, you that's a value add to them. Yeah, it's it is just a win, 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 win. See, y'all, I told you that she had a wealth of knowledge and what I love about you talking about it is clearly you've done it so much now that it's just like, it's muscle memory. You're like, oh yeah, da, da, da. you know, it's just rolling off because you could just talk about, oh, this and that and this. And I mean, and um, I, I love that. And so my tip would be anybody who like, if you're hearing this for the first time and be like, oh man, you know, especially if your fiscal year happens to be the same as the calendar year and you're planning for the next year, and you want to start having these conversations, you know, open up the conversation and then send a link to this podcast to them to watch, because I think it'll, it will help also to support you. And you don't necessarily have to remember everything that we talked about and had to put in notes. Just be like, listen, listen to this. Here's somebody who's been doing it for years and has brought in that million dollars. That, that was like in one year. Or like you're talking about overall time, or is it um, more than that? I wish I had the numbers handy. I want to say it was like one point seven million dollars. That might have been over two years, um, but it wasn't that many projects. It was probably 10, 12, 13 projects. Yeah. Um, so. Yeah. Absolutely. So just, you know, that would be my, my thought. Just let them, you know, let, let them take a gander, let them take a listen. And then if they have any questions, they can ask us too. Cause you know, right. that's why we, we're here. We're all about trying to make the community better. Yeah. So um, I'm all about not recreating the wheel and I'm happy to share with anybody who wants to hear um, all of those tips and tricks and how to do it successfully. And I will tell you a lot of it was trial by error. and see and that's what I love you've already done all the bang head on wall here and you're like here I want to do this and help you so that you don't have I've done all the head banging right so to help you prevent a headache let me help you and I appreciate that so much how can somebody get in touch with you how can they reach out to you if they do have questions and like if you've just like lit a fire under them so my email address is tracy and that's t-r-a-c-i at thebrightway.org um you can also i don't mind i'll give you my cell phone number it's (laughs) 407 310. You are bold. Okay. <laughs> Listen, I have had my cell phone on press releases and all kinds of stuff about all kinds of things. And I get calls like, how did you get my number? Yeah. Okay. I'm going to see what I can do. Yeah. <laughs> so awesome. Love it's it. out there in all kinds of places. I may not even know that it's out there. So, you know, especially these days. Yeah. What's private? Um, and then you can also, and I'll also make sure to link it in too, but um, speaking of oh, funny, that was no pun intended because I didn't mean to say it like that, but also on LinkedIn, mm-hmm. um, you can reach out to her that way as well. Reach out to her, follow her. She's doing just yeah. a lot of great. Please send that link because I don't know what that is off the top of my head. <laughs> yes, I will. <laughs> 
it'd be a new learning experience for everybody involved. <laughs> right. It says CVA in it. I know that much because I did earn my CVA and I want my credit for that. There you go. Yes, ma'am. Because any we all know that that joker was not easy. So listen. I had to take a I, test and read a book and all kinds of stuff. I still, anyway, I'm just so proud to have it because it was, <laughs> Definitely. They, what do they say? The things that are worth having are worth working for. That was something I had to work for. So I am proud to be like CVA, CVA. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Well, is there anything else that you want to leave our listeners with? Any tips, any, anything, just any, what um, would you be your goodbye your goodbye words. <laughs> I will just say thank you for what you do, because that is one of the things that volunteer managers do not often hear. Um, we get a lot of questions and a lot of side eyes and, you know, that sort of thing. And we're, we're always thanking other people. Yes. So we don't get to hear thank you. So I will say to all of the people working in the volunteer management field who are listening to this podcast, thank you for what you do. Because a lot of people look at what we do and they think, anyway, I can do that. You can uh, do that, which irritates the crap out of me when people say, Did you do you, do you get paid to do that? Yeah. Uh, um but those of us who do it know that it is not easy and not everyone can do it successfully because there are some special skills you have to have. Um, so I appreciate you. I thank you for what you do. Um, keep up the good work. Keep up the good fight. Keep getting in good trouble. Um, do what you do. And ladies and gentlemen, and people of all ages, <laughs> I'm going to end on that. Tracy, thank you so much. And to all of you who are viewing, thank you so much for joining us again for this episode of From the Suggestion Box, Navigating Feedback, the Good, the Bad, and the Say What? I hope you stay tuned for the next one. We'll see you soon. Bye-bye. Bye-bye, everyone.